Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined today by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're also joined by David Beal, a longtime friend of the show. David, welcome back. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we love having you back. Nice to have so. you back, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great. Okay. This is going to be a this is gonna be a fun episode. Um, it, this episode's all about, I guess, old friends coming back. Although, I think you're more trustworthy yeah. than... Well, <laughs> than <laughs> yeah, thank you. Than <laughs> <Honda>. <laughs> Uh, well, I think something to it. Before I, I we go too far down that comparison. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, Tom, why don't you tell us what this episode is actually about before we get too far? Yeah, I think we better. Um, we're talking about season three, episode nine, the Winkathu job, written by Gary Witta and directed by Stephen Melching. The synopsis is the rebels join forces with ruthless pirates, really ruthless pirates, to salvage a freighter <laughs> full of weapons the rebel the the rebellion needs. However, the mission turns out way more dangerous than they expected um i wouldn't exactly yeah i wouldn't exactly well uh mischievous deceitful sure but ruthless yeah i I have a. I mean he did try to leave his business partner he did strand his business partner multiple times well both of to be fair both of them yeah both of them yeah yes but i i have a thing though when it comes to this i i really like hondo and I think what really makes Hondo work for me is it's Jim Cummings acting and it's a lot of the writing for him. But I think right now, I, I've read this somewhere else. I think he's becoming, sadly, at this point, just a one-trick pony. He's always going to them. I, I've no, got to say it. Well, no, I was, I was about to say the same thing. So. Yeah. Oh, me too. Okay, thank you. I'm, I'm not alone <laughs> on this. I, I mean, go ahead. So the, way I've, the way I've been kind of looking at it is I really – I like – Hondo is a character. Yes. I've liked him since Clone Wars. You're correct that Jim's Cummings does an amazing job with the voice acting. And it's the writing, too, because there are some bit... Sorry, yeah. I can't say that. Great one-liners in this show that because it's Jim Cummings, the way he pulls them off, outstanding. So, continue. I, you know, so I was, I'm glad you... I was going to say something, then I changed my mind. Sorry I, about that. I have a better way of thinking of it now. Okay. Uh, so when you have a character who shows up for one episode or a couple episodes, I think it, it works really well. So Hondo is, you know, like you said, that great kind of one trick pony. Mm-hmm. He's starting to show up enough now though, that we, he should really be acting more like a main character. We need some character development out of him for him to be interesting. Cause right. We've gotten to the point. Every mm-hmm. Hondo episode feels the same. Yeah. Whether rebels or in clone wars, Hondo joins up with our heroes he does some something silly. They go on a heist or a mission. It goes wrong. Hondo is totally trustworthy until the moment when he's not. And then, you know, Hondo saves himself and everything ends happily ever after. Right. And he it, always it, burns it, Ezra. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, well, yeah, I really feel Ezra like the... Or whoever it is, it's the same. It's just the same Hondo story. Yeah. 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 And, and right now, the whole story is. Mm-hmm. 
and Stephen, you were talking about character development. So what's going on in the overall bigger arc? Are we thinking about is Ezra turning dark because he's kind of been lulling, but kind of peaking and and whatnot. So that's what we're focusing on. So what's going on with all the characters as a, as a group? Um, and then we have Hondo come in. And again, I really like what Tom said, one trick pony. But to me, when I started watching this and I saw Hondo coming on and all that, I'm like, oh, the, and 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 everybody is all the characters in this episode, even the um, uh, uh, Imperial droid. Uh, what was his name? Uh, AP five. Yeah. I did like seeing him back. Yes, and I did too. But it was like, okay, so these are some some of them are every now and then characters, but Hondo is special because he's uh, he's got a long history, and so he comes in. But it's filler episodes, and so I, I hate that when I watch these, it's like, okay, I like this episode is just waiting to get to the really important episodes to bring in these characters that have been had these huge setups. And, and I'm talking, not talking about setups from like trailers in the past. I'm talking about setups for the uh, last 20 years of Thrawn, you know, mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. into Canon. And so what are we all waiting for? And so when Hondo comes in, you're absolutely right, guys, we need some character development to really understand what he's getting through. And then, we know what's going to happen. This is a Titanic. You know what I mean? At the, in the end, we know the ship's going to sink. So in the end, we know Hano's going to screw around with us. And it's not in a funny way. So if you're going to make it funny, make him a character of comedy, a, a, um, a comic relief character. Like a C-3PO and an R2-D2 that push the plot along but add some fun to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, it's just, you know, what are we doing? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I do agree. Um, I, I love Hondo, right? He he's he's still hilarious, and he's got some great one-liners. Oh yeah. But as you guys said, um, it, it is kind of becoming the the same old. I don't know. I'm not quite as um down on Hondo uh, as it sounds like you guys are. I I would like to see him grow and change a bit. And and to be fair, I think he did. It has over the season um, grown and 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 changed uh, a decent amount. I mean, um, heck, what what was it? He said uh, before uh, they're talking about uh, telling. I'm trying to find it now in the show notes. They're talking about uh, about uh, how uh, they were talking about how uh, Hondo only tells. Uh, how Ezra Zeb calls Hondo on only telling him uh, none like leaving out details and Ezra backs him up saying oh well it's okay he like he just left out some details it's not like you know he um, he didn't actually lie right and 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 Hondo says uh, well said and some of the truth is better than none of the truth which is what you used to get so don't try to tell me I have not grown which you know (laughs) So and, I guess I guess in some ways he did he did kind of grow and and change because you right. know in the past he would have told none of the truth and now he just told the partial truth. Mm-hmm. That being said, still wrong, Hondo doesn't actually fly. Uh, nice try. Um. <laughs> but but you see that as I said, when it comes to this character, it seems like he is there as uh, almost like the comic relief now. And it's the acting of Jim Cummings and it's the writing too because it, it's. It's the um, I, God. There was another one in here. Some the the um, I need to find it as well in the show notes. But th- there was another line that he just had, where um, I was trying to remember. It's like we attack it all the time. It's like no. When he goes, I need a medal. 
I should get a medal for this. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then also on top of that, it's like, you know, later it's like, um, you know, Hondo, su- you know, suggests that as Morgan, you know, should stay behind, but it's like, you know, he has this lovely singing voice, you know, but you should stay behind on the ship because, of course, you know, as Morgan knows, Hondo will betray him. It's like that that kind of stuff makes the character fun, and it's not that it's making the character boring. He is not boring. And yeah. Again, yeah, no. It's because he's of deep. yes, he he's he's because of what Jim Cummings is bringing to that character and mm-hmm. and the writing for that character. He's not boring. But William, I agree. He needs to be either stepped up as a main character or there needs to be a little bit more development of the character. And and, and, and I'll bring up the the he's like okay, let's bring up in the canon in the main focus of the canon Han Solo. We actually don't know that much about Han Solo. And I hope that we will very soon in the future in the canon. But it, it's kind of cool. Like you, you have these mysteries about him and whatnot. And so that's kind of like the same thing. But you have these funny quips about who he is, but you, mm. don't, you don't know what he came from. And so that's what we're pining for is we love these characters, but we want to know a little bit about, um, you know, the funny goofinesses. And, and I must um, I must say you were talking about his funny one liners. My favorite one line from the whole episode is when um, the little uh, pig like alien attacks him. And yes. he's like, I am attacked. Like, that was great. I am attacked. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was so funny. It's just like, was the uh, voice actor just like reading the wrong line? Or is it just, it just, it, it was so like, oh, yeah, I'm being attacked. This is no big deal. <laughs> and then, then he had the other line later with that same, you know, that, that, that melch, okay, where he's just like, you know, I feel sorry for keeping you. Instead of giving you one, 1% of the treasure, I'll give you. Two percent of the treasure, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's stuff like that 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 you and then and then Melt totally agreed. Okay, excuse me, yeah. but but it it's it's I but also Dave, when it comes to knowing the back of, background of a character, I, I think I've mentioned this before. I think for some respects, when it comes to a character, I don't know if I really want to know that much of his backstory. I would still like some of it to stay a mystery. Han that's Solo, true. Yeah. yeah, and and Han Solo right now, that's great, fine and dandy. I really don't want to know the backstory if, if there's going to be any spinoff films. I don't want to know the backstory of Yoda. When it comes to Boba Fett, you know what? Do we really need to know that kind of – and I, I said this before because I think it was on Clone Wars. Um, we did get to see the backstory of Boba Fett. After we see him leave Attack of the Clones, we saw him you know, uh, get, get, get in with the other bounty hunters. I mean at a certain point, I don't know if I wanted to know. But you know what? It was forced out there. That's great. We do have a backstory. But when it comes to Hondo, we know a little bit of his backstory. He was he was the leader of a pirate gang when it comes to Clone Wars. To find out a little bit more about what happened between then and now, that would be great. But it just seems like he only comes in as almost like a teaching method for Ezra to where Ezra's always going to get burned by him. Even though I think Ezra had a one-liner earlier, and I can't remember what it was because that's in the show notes and they're, they're really big. But, oh, here it is. Um, Ezra's like, you know, when I ha- when when I when have I asked you? Oh, sorry, this was when he was going to. It's like Ezra is like always trust him when it comes to working with Hondo, okay? And he sits here and goes to speak, goes to everybody saying, "Look, when have I asked you to trust me and it hasn't worked out?" But everybody knows, like Sabine says, like half the time, <laughs> you know, it's like you know whenever Hondo shows up, and Ezra basically sides with him, you know it's going to go wrong. And at some point, 
like now, it's kind of getting just that tad bit old. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I, I think we've, we we, we should kind get of jumped to the start of yeah, the yeah we exactly we yeah I think no, we I, jumped too far into it. You I know, know and, we did. We jumped I, very I, deep. I agree. I'd like to see more uh, development of, of Hondo uh, overall, uh, and, and but you know I I still I still enjoy him, right? Um, I, not not. He, he's a fun character just to just to watch, and and so like when I, whenever I see him, I'm like, oh man, I, I I love his character, and Jim Cummings plays him so perfectly. Mm-hmm. He really does. Uh, would I love to see more with Hondo? Sure. Uh, you know, see him maybe grow and change a bit more, or at least have Ezra learn that maybe he shouldn't trust uh hondo that sort of thing mm-hmm. um but but hondo's a great character mm-hmm. but but you know but as steven said we, we should really start at the beginning right? right so this episode's really all about the return of hondo and naka and as morgan uh, ezra strikes a deal with them much to everyone's chagrin to retrieve as many weapons specifically proton bombs that they can carry from an imperial freighter that's adrift in orbit around Wincathu. okay uh, uh I- I will say I like this kind of running theme throughout the season about trying to arm the rebellion. Yeah. It, you know, last season was a lot of focus on uh, finding allies for the rebellion. It's like, okay, now we've got the allies. That's good. Mm -hmm. But uh, we don't have anything to shoot at the bad guys. Right. And so it works as a nice, it makes an easy uh, launching point for these kind of one-off episodes Mm -hmm. that still kind of tie into a larger story. My my thing with the episode, though, I mean, it's great that they're always going for these proton bombs, but I'm also looking at it as the, the wider rebellion. I mean, it's great they're getting starships. It's great they're getting proton bombs, you know, for the ships. But what about, like I like I say, beans, bandages, and bullets? Okay, what about the medical supplies? What about, you know, the food supplies, which I know they touched on that a bit earlier. You know, what about the actual, you know, you've got soldiers on the ground kind of leading into Rogue One. What about all that kind of stuff? Understand the fleet needs fuel. The fleet needs weapons. But what about the other part of the rebellion where you've got the grunts that are fighting in some cases? And then, you know, the people that you want to bring into the rebellion and you are supplying more of the food and, and that type of stuff. So because it seems like for the past couple episodes, it's always been proton bombs. They were always looking for proton bombs, which makes sense. Well, and the start of the season there was a lot more about looking for pilots and True. then kind of for ships and things like that. So it's. I don't know. Maybe we'll see some of that stuff later on. It wouldn't okay. surprise me. Um, but I mean, for the moment, I thought this this worked serviceably well as a uh, way to start off a Hondo episode. Yeah, def- definitely. It, it, it's nice, and you know, the the wind the planet wind Cathay was very interesting as well. You know, we we find out it's um, according to the episode guide, it's fa- located fairly close to Ord Mantell, and it has this very interesting. Um, uh, atmospheric condition uh, kind of like very turbulent atmosphere which <laughs> uh thankfully the the team came uh, to their senses but originally it was going to be a joke where they called it the uh commodia job or pirates of the commodia system which uh sounds to me like uh, i don't think like that would have the italian job or pirates of the caribbean except that it's also a, a bathroom joke yeah. right because yeah. <laughs> they're like oh it looks like a toilet bowl toilet uh, humor. yeah, yeah. So i'm glad they i'm <laughs> glad they you know, avoided that one at the last minute, um, and and switched to the uh, to the Wincathu job. And um, so I guess, and you guys um, maybe researched it more than I did, but uh, Wincathu is this the first time we've seen that before the planet? I believe so. 
Uh, yes, yeah, this it is. It does not sound time. familiar to me, at least. So. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's it brand is. new, and uh, it's quite a mouthful when you when you just look at it. You know, it, it's it's a little intimidating to pronounce at first, but it's actually not too bad. Um, yeah, but uh, the there was a one note that I mean, it kind of makes me. Um, miss the Clone Wars in some ways, because apparently the, the original theme of the episode was working together is always more profitable than only looking after your own interests. And I thought, you know what? If this had been the Clone Wars, that probably would have been the Jedi fortune cookie. And I'm like, oh, I, I, I miss the Jedi fortune cookie in many ways <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but the, the, the plot is, is very interesting. So uh, Hondo and As Morgan enter the ghost and immediately like the whole crew is, you know, everyone like except for Ezra, who's apparently struck this deal with them. Everyone else is very suspicious, as they should be. Um, of anything and, Ezra does, really. Well, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's true. But it's, yeah, Ezra does so a couple when... dumb things in this episode. Um, I wouldn't say a couple. He did one that was just totally boneheaded, even though Zeb told him not to do it. Uh, you know, I was, yeah, more there. than one. But um, well, yeah. but uh, I guess before we get too too deep into uh, like the situation, we talked about Hondo. What do you guys think of as Morgan? Uh, I'm curious, David. What, what are your what are your thoughts on as Morgan? I don't know. if We've said this before in Alan Cannon history, but does it, he remind you of the? Um, Actor, I gotta look up his name. Um, that played the guy in, um, uh, The Hangover. Oh, I know the guy you're talking about. The one that jumps out of the um, the trunk. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh my gosh. And the reason why is just how he kind of acts, and then how he talks and whatever. Uh, Ken Jeong. Mm-hmm. Um, he played Mr. Chow. Anyway, and so I I swear it's him. And every time I hear him, I'm like, that's that's all I can picture. So it's kind of this, which is funny because again, in that series of you know movies and franchise of comedy, is it's actually kind of the same character. It's it's a it's a funny um, uh, caricature of a businessman that's just comical. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so you know, you can't take him seriously, even just how they draw him. Like he has like these little um, drool marks on his, you know, jowls, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, and, and then it's when, a very uh, disgusting character. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and he, he even makes the comment in the beginning um, uh, to Hera, uh, you know, like, oh, remember, I used to own her. And I just wanted her to give like a like a kick to the face just because, you know, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I wanted oh, her yeah. to do that because you know, that's what she felt at that moment. Yeah, and he, it would have been deserved. It would have been deserved. Yeah. And he even, he even brought it up. He goes, ah, the spunky one. Yeah. You know? God, but, but it, it was yeah, funny. Like you said, it's like, technically I still own you. <laughs> yeah. Like he's just the epitome of a disgusting character that they have to deal with yeah. in order to further their rebellion. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, uh, I, personally i really hate his character as well like he's just i don't know I, even when they first introduced him he was kind of the he, he this is before they had hondo on the show and so they they kind of had him as the new hondo mm-hmm. in some ways before they started bringing back characters in the clone wars and they're trying to kind of do their own their, a new thing and i was not a fan of him at all and so I was, that's why i was especially though when they brought hondo back because i loved hondo but i hated as morgan um of course, uh, 
you know, now we've got Hondo and As Morgan, and um, As Morgan is just oh, and I think so it, and I think in this episode, the two of them worked very well together. You know, because because they were able to bounce things off of each other, and right. yeah, and, and that, that's true. Yeah, and that made the character at least likable in this respect. And the other thing that was very funny, did anybody else catch As Morgan? picking his ear in the background where he where he yes he rubs it on the wall of the ghost and then i think at that point after he does that he rubs it on his pants yeah i miss it absolutely disgusting oh Oh, god wow i did not catch that i would have to watch it again watch it watch it again it's it's quite funny but it's it i guess in this case it shows his actual character on how disgusting he actually is I mean, he's he's like you know picking his his ear and rubbing it on the wall. He's calling the 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 crew of the ghost two bit smugglers. Yeah, you know, insulting Hera and saying he technically still owns her. Like he's just a vile, disgusting creature. And it's you know I I get it. You know, you sometimes you want some of those guys on the show to to hate. Um, you know, it'd be the characters love to hate, but right, exactly. But he's always like, and his, and again, the the acting is good, but just the way he talks is still, oh, don't don't like him. Not a, probably my least favorite character on Rebels. Definitely my yeah, I'm just gonna say it, my least favorite character in Rebels. Period. That's fair. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, there there were some uh, going back to Hondo though. Hondo had some fantastic uh, one-liners here, like when uh, he kept accidentally referring to uh Kamen's lack oh. of sight oh that um, was classic which which was great when he's like you know uh don't be blind to this amazing business opportunity he's like oh sorry and he even put like a hand over as morgan's eyes i <laughs> i like, completely oh. missed all of these <laughs> oh you did I oh, feel really, yeah and then he's always like oh sorry and then you know he'd say i knew you see things my way oh sorry, sorry. You know, like, he's apologizing <laughs> because he's like see or blind and you know every time the camera cuts to to a canaan with you know his his, his mask on now and it was just it, it, that kind of stuff like you gotta love i still love hondo and and then again know? it gets back to the writing and the voice acting of that character and that right. that's to where you know the character in this case he's not boring character that you want to hate he's a character that because of this you end up gravitating to and really like it's just you want to see grow a little more i i love how how hondo immediately assumes that the rebels would not be interested in you know precious metals precious artifacts riches untold they just want the weapons Mm -hmm. and so he tries to strike a deal with them saying tell you what you guys can take the weapons. I'll take all of the treasure, which is like a terrible deal. Right. <laughs> yeah, but for the rebellion, I mean, you could buy so many weapons with the treasure. With oh, the that's a good way. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, not that's that's what I think they're like. It's it's weapons like in hand, which means you don't have to go out and risk yourself. You know, trying to buy like buy the treasure, uh, sell the treasure, and buy weapons with it. Right. So it's probably a bit safer. Um, because you need a front corporation yeah. to get rid of the treasure, and then you got to get the money from that. Then it's one of those things where it's to follow the money. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. But, um, but you know, I, I still, uh, I'm still like, wait, no, you definitely. That's a terrible deal for you. What are you, what are you guys doing? Um, uh, so you know, it, but still, they, they, they go after the, the Imperial shuttle that's adrift in Winkathu's atmosphere, and. 
Hondo tells them, well, all the skate pots have been jettisoned. It's just slowly, you know, being dragged down to the atmosphere until it's going to be destroyed. So let's just go pick up the, uh, the stuff. It's an easy score. No big deal, right? Never as easy as expected. Huh? Yeah, definitely not at all. Um, I'm curious, Tom, you, you, you mentioned something before the show about Hondo playing on the Rebels' desperation. What, mm-hmm. what do you think? You want to uh, explain that to the? I I think in this case he is playing because they have a perfect opportunity. Wow, you know what? You totally caught me off guard with my train of thought <laughs> on that. No, that's okay. Um, well, and he literally said, you know, we have something going for us. We're desperate. That's true. He does say that flat out, both of them, because yeah. he's desperate to get the treasure and they're desperate for the weapons. So he knows that, you know what? He has a captive audience. It is, in this case, a deal that is too good to refuse. Mm-hmm. Because they thought it was going to be an easy job. But now, it, it, these guys, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a red shirt on Star Trek. It's like, mm-hmm. really? These guys are going on a mission. Something's going to go wrong. Well, it it always goes wrong. Right. And, and that's the other thing. When you see them go up to the freighter, and they were talking about how they were going to do it, they're going to put the, uh, the, basically like supply lines going from the ghost to the freighter. Why couldn't they have just gone into that docking bay? Or I know they couldn't dock with it because of what was going on, but why couldn't they have just gone into the landing bay? Because that landing bay looked like it was big enough for the ghost to at least, you know, get part of the way in there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, that is an excellent question that I do not have a good answer to. Yeah, and I mean, I I know that it's it's cause for tension, and if they were to do that, it would have been too easy. But then again, well, in, a, in a certain respect, it couldn't have been too easy okay. because the ghost could have been stuck. I mean, so to play Maul's advocate here, go ahead, call it, say Maul's advocate because I like that. Maul's coming for that one. <laughs> it um, works. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> That's really Maul's good. Advocate. Thank you. Thank you. I like it. Uh, so to play Maul's advocate here. Uh, I think that, um, you know, yes, the hangar is fairly large, but if you look pretty closely, like there's stuff strewn all about that hangar. Very so I don't true. think there's actually any room, like they can't land on top of the treasure or on, or on top of the boxes. So there wasn't quite as much uh, room as they thought. Plus the ship was sinking fast. And so mm. I think that adds a lot of extra risk as well when you're trying to like, uh, stay, you know, uh, you know, land on a ship that's, that's sinking right quickly. But and, on top and what of I that... do like about this franchise, I'm sorry, Tom. No, no, con- no. You continue. You, you what I do love about this franchise is that, um, as opposed to again, I'm going to bring up Star Trek. We it feels like you have to explain everything and have to think about every possibility. Like when they jump in and on top of this freighter, it, I, like immediately I was thinking, so this is like dust world, the planet. The atmosphere is fine. Like, you know what I mean? You could be out there. And so they don't have to explain all that. And so there's some things that just for the sake of the plot, they just do. Mm -hmm. And so I just accept in my mind, I'm like, okay, for some reason they couldn't land there. I would do it, but I don't know. I I just, in my mind, some of those things I'm like, I'm just going to keep it up here in the more superficial, less sci-fi, less pragmatic level and, um, it, when I'm watching this kind of an episode, as I yeah. like to say, it's called oh, a suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But speaking of suspension, you know how the rebels got onto the ship? 
by attaching zip lines yeah. and <laughs> going straight across to uh, to bring the torpedoes and, and treasure back to the ship. Um, but before they could do that, you know, so they, they, we, they, they actually have to hop on the ship. And we get this really cool kind of creepy vibe um, where they... It's really a Halloween episode, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was almost like a. It, you're really exactly. well, you're right. It really was almost like a Halloween type episode where they they hop in, and it's like completely dark. The power's out, uh, and they're they're trying to locate the treasure. And you know, of course, AP five, as, as we mentioned earlier, he's back. Uh, he's mm. not confident of their, of their success, putting it at thirty eight point five percent. Even though his plan, if, if he hadn't come up with the plan, it would have been zero percent success. But you see that that's the funny um, thing because not to interrupt, but he does sit there and say that, and Kenyon says, you know. 38.5%. This is your plan. And he goes, yep. well, you know, I factored that in without me. Your chances were almost zero. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, so be- because the power's out, they decide to split up. They send Chopper after to-, to turn on the power and everyone else goes to look for the hangar. The, uh, I do want to ask you, I want to get your thoughts on this though. Um, Ezra and Zeb kind of get into it a lot in this episode. And this yeah. is one of the things that kind of, frustrated me a bit uh what did you think of the dynamic between these guys so as the two of them have always had a kind of sibling relationship and i think my issue with this episode because i i felt the same thing was we crossed from the kind of sibling rivalry into something that was a little bit i don't want to say darker but a little more uh a little beyond that I'd say darker. Good, I, good description. Maybe I mean maybe it is the right word, but they did not feel like they were siblings arguing. They felt like they were, I don't know, one right. or two steps removed from that. And, and right, it, because because you know what they were they were, what they were debating about was uh, for those who you know may not remember, uh, Zeb was put in charge of the mission mm-hmm. specifically because Hera knew that Ezra is compromised when it comes to uh, when it comes to Hondo. His, uh, his his judgmaking ability is uh, his judgment is is significantly compromised with Hondo, and so she wanted to put Zeb in charge. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she puts Zeb in charge, and like really, let's let's remember here, Ezra's the youngest. He's the lowest rung on the totem pole. Yes, he's a Jedi, uh, or uh, in training, but he's still the youngest guy. He's been at the, with the crew the shortest, and yet he instantly says. You put Zeb in charge? I thought you trusted me. Like, and he just makes a point of complaining throughout at least the first half of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never really come back to it later on, I think. They kind of drop that plot thread. But, um, well, they, there's, there's uh, meant to be a moment at the end where there's kind of like, oh, they understand each other now, but I, I didn't quite buy it. No, no. I, I think it's more of the jealousy that, that Hera did put Zeb in charge. You know, and and that's you know what, I think even, I think even Cannon kind of turned to Hera and said, you know what, he's going to have to learn on his own that you know Hondo will burn him one day. So I think Cannon probably would have been okay if Ezra was in charge just for that quote unquote Jedi lesson. But I totally agree with Hera. There's no way I would have put him in charge because Hondo always does something that will burn Ezra in the end. Well, we were talking about um, this earlier, but uh, it's like the door. Well, that comes back to bite him in the butt yeah. because 
you know, he, he cuts open the door and then oops, you know, um, against his, let's just say commander's wishes. Um, and also just to bring up this aura of what's going on with Ezra right now, um, he's being very pragmatic and just very practical with things, but sometimes things aren't necessarily, I feel like the Jedi way. Like when he's like, well, he didn't tell you the, he didn't lie to you. He just didn't tell you the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that goes back to, um, first of all, an age old concept, but something definitely that's like a dark concept. It's like, mm-hmm. well, sometimes it's like extremism, you know, well, that's the way of the dark side. Like we, you know, from the prequels and stuff like that. And it, that, to me, that's in that same mindset. It's like, you're crossing over this gray line, mm-hmm. um, to, if you're not with me, you're against me. Right. And, and I know that's a huge stretch, but what I'm saying is this is the start of those little things. And so going back to the same thing with his relationship um, with his crewmates, it starts with just little fights and it's, you know, haha, it's, you know, brother on brother kind of things. Um, and they just live with each other a lot to a little bit more to a little bit more to finally, he maybe betrays them. I'm not, you know, saying, mm-hmm. but you know, um, he's definitely in this really strange teenage, we'll say year mm-hmm. of his, uh, Jedi ness. And he, uh, is really close to the dark side. And I don't know if his master is quite ready to handle the parenting of the Jedi. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, it's interesting because earlier in the season, Kanan kind of has to realize that he can't uh, browbeat Ezra into learning to do things the the Jedi way. Right. And so it's it's interesting to see how he'll respond. Like, he's taking a very hands-off approach right now. That's kind of why he's... There's the whole, you know, just let... Ezra's got to learn at some point, even if it's the hard way. It'll be interesting to see if he steps in again as Ezra, if Ezra continues to make these kind of mistakes. Yeah, is it going to be a pendulum swing, or is it going to be a stop? The pendulum stops in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. Yeah. Well, where's the character? If the pendulum swings the other way, I feel like it's going to be um, the Ben Kenobi Anakin situation, mm-hmm. um, where Anakin fights back, is done, goes to the dark side. Whereas if somehow these characters resolve themselves to meet in the middle then we actually have viable characters in the end that become both good people or good Jedi people, you know what I mean? Um, not one's dark, one light. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, exactly. That was pretty deep, Going I know, forward. for, <laughs> for just, uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No. <laughs> but that's what I'm, I'm, I'm just, I guess, uh, trying to forecast or trying to see what's going to happen at the end of the season. Yeah. No, I think you, you're, you know... I, I yeah I, I think you're right he he has to do something I think he's kind of swung too far in one direction so we'll see we'll see how the rest of the season goes that's for mm. sure be very 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 interesting but uh, but yeah um, <clears throat> I think at, at this point right they they they're they're crawling through the ship and again kind of Ezra's pouting a bit and you know kind of uh spouting off to to zeb and you, you do get the feeling like something's gonna go wrong and, and and right before the commercial break there's this very very brief moment where you see like this flash mm-hmm. of what looks like a face with, like eyes very close to the camera now i i have to ask you guys what do you think that was like was it <laughs> Uh, was it? Uh, part of me thought it was Ezra at first, but then it looks like the, the hair. It was kind of like long hair. Um, 
So I'm honestly, I don't know. I thought it was. It didn't the look like an Ugnot though. That's I, that's what I thought it was as well. And because doesn't he pop out? Yeah, he he ends up like two minutes I get, later. It just didn't look like an Ugnot face. Maybe maybe it is. I'm gonna have to watch it again because that that's what I assume. Because right after the commercial break, that's when you know uh, Melch comes out of nowhere right. and just starts beating right. up on Hondo. Okay, well yeah, maybe I, maybe you're right. It just didn't it didn't look right to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. Now, when it comes to Melch, do you have a feeling because of you know last week they had the two um, they had um, God what's her name they had the two uh, from Star Wars tonight they had those characters represented. Oh, when it came to, oh yeah, Andy I know. and Matt. Um, yeah. Do yeah. you think that when it comes to Melch, is that any reference to Stephen Melching? I would assume so. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm trying to remember. Did they say Melch's name in the previous episode he was in? I think it was the I... season premiere. I did not think they did. I don't remember hearing it. If they did, it went over my head. Yeah, but that the Hondo. Oh no, because no, he he runs out the door and gets blasted. This is, must be a different Ugnot. That's no, right, uh, because the other one the other one goes running away, going like, "I'm free, I'm, I'm free," free. Yes. and just gets destroyed. And it just gets yeah. destroyed. Yeah. So I think it's a new. It's a, I think it's a new Ugnot. But oh, uh, I kind I kind of like the relationship between the two. Um, you know, and and we get this this big exposition uh, moment where we find out what really happened, right? Because Hondo has not been telling the truth. Um, Wait, really? Yeah. Shocker. Uh, As Morgan apparently came to him with a flight plan for easy score. There's no, you know, there was an imperial transport with a quote fat cargo and no escort end quote. And of course, they didn't have any problem with attacking an imperial ship. Um, so. Uh, they they went ahead and did that. They disabled the ship, but they got dr- drifted into the maelstrom, and Hondo sent Melchin to retrieve the uh, the cargo, kind of by himself, uh, for one percent of the profits, no less, as as you mentioned earlier, right. Stephen. Yeah. For just one percent, Hondo is such a generous guy. Um, of course, the attempt fails. Hondo leaves him on the ship to die, and uh, the rest is history. Um, well, and of course we get. Moments like Hondo's claiming, "Oh, I would never abandon you. You know, you're like family, a short, fragrant <laughs> friend. You know, like so. There's there's some there's some funny moments in there. I also like the moment where um, uh, Ezra says, you know, we attack uh, Imperial ships all the time, and and Hondo is, wait, what, really? And, yeah, know, he's like shocked that, uh, that, that that they do that, and almost like he's he, he wants some tips or something. Now, now, mm-hmm. in a way, from taking Hondo's point of view, he didn't leave Melch there to die because he did come back with a different crew this time. Uh, yeah. I mean, from, yeah. Hondo, from from Hondo's point of view. Look at it that way. Fair, fair I, enough. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. You, you got to throw him a little bit of credit there. Now, where is As Morgan and all this? You know, it's just it's As Morgan. So. Yeah. But it's interesting that he reaches out to Ezra and is like, "Hey, so I need your help now that I lost my original <laughs> original crew," and that's that's when they finally do this whole thing. And one other thing, the original crew, only one guy, so basically it was. Well, we actually don't know, right? Maybe yeah. there was more, and they all died. Well, that's possible. Yeah, that's possible. One guy left over. But knowing Hondo, I think the original crew was just that one guy. Yeah, <laughs> I probably. could see him playing that up like it was a big deal. Yeah, that's why he offers him two 
percent. <laughs> hey, that's double. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, so they they turn on the power in the ship, and you almost kind of get this. They they finally arrive at the cargo bay, and and there, there's something interesting that happens here, and um, and I, I love how they 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 use this again later if you read the kind of the behind the scenes information they, it kind of happened organically they didn't really intend for this to to turn out the way it did but they uh they get to the door and zab's like hey uh chopper uh who was in the in the control center in the, in the, or in the um on the bridge open the open this door and before chopper can can do it uh, ezra's like i got this again trying to show why he's so much better than zeb cuts a hole in the door like we've seen the jedi do so many times of course as immediately as soon as the hole is cut and it you know the the it slides um the piece you know falls out of the door so you can see that gaping hole the door slides right open thanks Mm -hmm. to chopper it's now you're left with this hole in the door which is perfect because later on in the episode as you always say tom i've always said what, what what do you always say that if you call attention to something, it better be used later. Exactly. Yep. And when they come back later, they're trying to escape the ship. Um, they they run through the door, close it to cut off their pursuers, and it does absolutely nothing because there's a hole still in the door. I love it. Very very nicely done. Yeah. That was a that was a nice little moment there. Um, but Stephen, did what did you what did you think of the moment when they arrive in the cargo hold itself? It was kind of interesting because on the one hand, I thought they were trying to pull like a Raiders of the Lost Ark sort of vibe, where you see the warehouse and you're supposed to be like, "Ooh, ah, look at all this <laughs> stuff." But I was like, "Ah, oh, there's there's only a handful of boxes though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's not that much there." But that being said, it, we immediately kind of get to, "Oh, the rebels get their." Uh, there are proton bombs, and we then get to watch uh, as Morgan and uh, Hondo start arguing over whose treasure is whose. Okay, so that's the thing. Was that whole thing loaded with treasure, or were they just going after one or two boxes? That's the thing, because it did, like you said, yeah. Stephen, it reminded me of like Indiana Jones. You had that whole thing. I was actually looking for an actual call-out to the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana There was. Well, where? There was. It, but, it, okay, uh, but that, uh, but I can't not... remember exactly where it is, but it's it's in the background. You can actually – it was the one shown in the Clone Wars as well. They have this Twi'lek Ark of the Covenant. Okay, that uh, I think I saw. Yeah, and it was in the background among the other treasures on the ship. Okay, then I'm going to have to watch it again just for that because that's what I was expecting yeah. to see. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I love yeah. when they and, do that. And so I guess to answer your question, like there – yes, there was a ton of uh, – I think it was all filled with treasure um, because there was a uh, – it, it they, they at least they imply it right because um mm-hmm. hondo is and, and and as morgan are fighting over stuff and as morgan's like fine well i've got the manifest so i'm just gonna go find some other treasure and he walks off i think the, the implication is that there's literally treasure everywhere uh treasure or weapons or something valuable mm-hmm. like, and like my that. idea was seeing all this and it, you you look at um their ship that they're putting all this all on and you know you've seen that with um the uh, uh, last episode with the YT-2400 and then um, their ship, which I'm so sorry that I can't off the top of my head remember uh, the, the designation. Thank oh. you. 
Well, I mean the the model. Oh, the model. Um, um, God, I don't even know Crickets. the model for that one. Well, I'll get it. I'm not disappointed. I don't know I'm, that. Well, I'm so sorry for all of the um, Star Wars X-Wing miniatures fans out there because I definitely have it. And it's in the box on the other side of the room, but I have headphones on right now and I can't go check it out. Some of those things uh, like teaching to buy just for the model display purposes. Oh, they're beautiful. They're amazing. But anyway, the, my point is you have all these things and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Um, on those freighters, a lot of times there's not a lot of space. And so they put like cargo containers on the outside of the ship. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it just looks like all the things that they want to put in there aren't going to fit. And so that was my big deal. It's like, how excited are you that you brought the ghost, which is not really that big of a freighter for this huge behemoth of a freighter. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Oh no, exactly. And, and the way they, they try to get the, the, tre the treasure onto the ship too is so, uh, so slow, right? They basically have this, they open the hangar doors and use this Must giant winch. Uh, interrupt the VCX 100. Excuse okay. me. Okay. Ah, ah, good one. <laughs> VCX 100. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And and here comes bad pun. The reason why they did it is because they wanted to create some tension. Getting them uh, in there. Uh, ah, there you go. Uh, uh, there I have been go. waiting. I don't know how long to use that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least I telegraphed my puns. Okay. Hey, even Peel wouldn't have. Oh. But um, so they. <laughs> anyway, um, of I course, my beg to disagree. <laughs> Maybe got old years ago. Um, yeah. Uh, but they use the winch to connect the cables of the ghost, and they just basically have to take it over one by one. Uh, and so we get, you know, of course, Hondo tries to get his treasure first, and Zeb being the smart one. He's like, no, you're going to get all the weapons first, and then we'll get the treasure. Um, uh, you know, so they, so they get the weapons. Although, again, you could convert the treasure into weapons. Mm -hmm. So as it long as, really like... It's like a military operation here, guys. I mean, you know, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, forget these guys that you're... You know, they showed you the place, and if it was a real true military operation, they should have just left those two behind and said, we'll give you a cut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for letting yeah. us know. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And that's probably the best reason why Zeb was in charge, because K uh, Ezra probably wouldn't have treated it that way. No, not at all. He was helping yeah. Hondo load. I know. I was like, Ezra, yeah. priorities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Please. Priorities. Uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, there, there is one moment, though. And again, going back to the thing, Tom, you always say, right? Uh, Zeb warns that knocking the proton bombs will cause them to explode. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I immediately assumed they'd have some sort of accident where they would knock it over. Right. But that never really happened. Well, on top of that, the proton bombs, they were, they were going across the zip line and the droids were firing now. I understand that these guys probably been on a freighter. They've been depowered, but don't you think that you know? And also in a stormy weather, no, I could see them probably missing the proton bomb. But to see Ezra right across on four of them, mm -hmm. really? Then again, you know. I mean, he didn't really have a whole lot of choice. So. No, he didn't, and it created tension. Well, but you're you're right, right guys, because um, so, yes, if they're going to draw attention to it, they need to do something with it. That's exactly what I thought. But 
also maybe there's something in the future because they keep on collecting these proton bombs. Yeah. So maybe there's something in future episodes that draws attention. So they just wanted the audience to be aware that these mm. things can be clanked around. I don't know. Um, but I, I thought that too. I was like, oh, so they're going to fall off and hit each other or something and mm-hmm. break the cable. That's what I thought. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, uh, of course, you know, while they're loading the ship, as Morgan goes off to find his own better treasure and promptly disappears, which did not concern Zeb in the slightest until Hondo said that things are fine. And that's when Hondo's like, OK, Hondo, uh, if you think things are fine, then there's clearly something wrong. Uh, and so Zeb goes in pursuit of as Morgan when he's suddenly attacked by a dark trooper. Now they call them that. <laughs> yes. It was so cool. Now they call yes. them um they call them sentry droids in the in the episode. They're dark troopers. But they're definitely dark troopers. Oh yeah. Thoughts on the inclusion of dark troopers in this episode? Love it. Really really cool. I really appreciate how they're taking stuff that technically is not around anymore and making it part of canon and this i thought was really cool this worked very well i feel like between that and thrawn they're really nodding to the 1990s era uh pre-episode one uh fans Mm -hmm. uh and and in that i mean that's that's me like i um i i'm the generation of fan that was not able to watch uh all the uh uh, episode four, five, and six in the theaters. I was, you know, not either born or he too young. So uh, the my generation of fans was the next generation that really loved. Sorry, pardon the pun. Uh, really loved the uh, that era of the let's get back into this. I feel like that's the really hardcore fandom that brought back the franchise to make episode one happen. And so, Dark Troopers, Thrawn. All those things um, are, I think, nods back to that era. Bring those back in canon um, and make them fun. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I, I'm very... I, I love how they they keep including all these classic uh, yes. elements from the, the expanded universe. I mean, we got Dark, Trooper, Dark Troopers from the Dark Forces video game. For those of you who aren't familiar with the origin of the Dark Trooper. Um, and... Uh, you know, the, they even carry repurposed E-11 blaster rifles. And it's just, you know, it, it's great. It, it, it's it's a nice touch. You know, they, they didn't call them Dark Troopers, which is a little unfortunate. Right? They call them Sentry Droids. I wish they kind of had, had called them Dark Troopers. Um, but maybe somebody will give them that nickname, like Buckethead, you know. Yeah. It, hey, it you is... know what? If the franchise brings back... Uh, it back. I mean, if they put in um, the tie defender, then I'm I'm all in because that's the only last piece of the puzzle is the getting the starfighters in. <laughs> I know exactly how you feel <laughs> from uh, uh, the video games. Really? That, 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 that's the last one you're looking for? Yeah, it, because I mean, I'm always I love the the beaming episodes, the A wing episodes. My favorite scene in all of Star Wars is when they're flying back through uh, in Return of the Jedi, flying through the um, uh, fleets. All those space battles. I love that. I love that. I mean, how could you not? <laughs> 
So, um, anyway, getting back to the episode. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I hope they added Tide Defender as well. Yeah. Uh, it would be it'd be so cool. There's many things. Who knows? You would... Who knows? It, it could happen anytime. It could happen anytime. Uh, so I'm, I'm very, very excited. Uh, but, you know, so, so as Morgan and Zeb are now stuck in the brig, uh, Zeb wakes up in the brig with his Morgan, which is probably about the worst thing that could happen to you, given how much, uh, how bad his Morgan is. Do you yeah. have a cell with him? Um, but, uh, uh, you know, they, uh, they chopper and Ezra thankfully come and manage to break them out. But as Morgan in his insanity does not listen to AP five. Oh no. He runs directly at the dark trooper and destroys it. I'm going to keep on the dark trooper. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and destroys it. Yeah. The sentry droid. Dark trooper. Um, and in doing so awakens the horde. All of the other sentry droids uh, wake up and suddenly begin attacking. Um, and they kind of walk around like uh, Battlestar Galactica, by the way. Oh, yeah, the Cylons. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, fun fact their animation is the same as General Kalani's. They just reuse General Kalani's animation style. Uh, animation, um, yeah, from, uh, from earlier in the season. So, nice. I'm back there. Um, so of course that leads to the big escape where they have to you know um, try to uh, get away um, from the sentry droids. They run back into the hangar. The door, hangar door closes, but there's a giant hole, and so they're forced to hold off the sentry droids in the hangar while they wait for everyone to escape. Of course, typical Hondo fashion, he still only cares about his treasure. So grabs that, off yep. he goes, and it. I think it was a good moment for Ezra as well, because he this is the moment, I think, where Ezra and uh, Zeb are supposed to have kind of put their differences behind them because they kind of both stay there. They fight uh, together to kind of hold the line. There's a little bit of an argument about who goes back to the ship first uh-huh. with Chopper saying every man for himself. Yeah. And Chopper yes. saying every man for himself and disappearing right. first because, you know, <laughs> Chopper. It's Chopper. Remember, he is the cat. <clears throat> I'm not but sure who's more selfish, Chopper or Hondo. <laughs> I, that is an excellent question. I know who I'm going to side with. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, speaking of like, uh, kind of you know, a little lessons learned, right? You, we also get the moment where not only does Ezra and do Ezra and Zeb, Zeb try to work together now. Um, uh, Ezra uh, talking. Um, to uh, to to Ezra or sorry, Hondo uh, uh, tells Ezra that he never disappoints him. He's like you'll never disappoint me, and Ezra says, "I wish I could say the same." So at least he's kind of starting to learn that maybe Hondo isn't the most trustworthy, which is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still probably could trust him less, but you know he's 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 getting there. Well, that's Kanan wanted wanted him to learn. Right. He has to learn that, and that's what he brought up at the beginning of the episode. Exactly. And that, that leads the escape. Uh, Steven, any thoughts on uh, on how they escape the the ship? I mean, which part? The dramatic cable swinging or 
<laughs> I mean, where do you want to start? That sounds like a great place, right? They, they, okay. they start yeah, going across so they, the cable. They, they swing across the cable, and then, you know, any this is, this is action movie 101. Cable connecting two things, very tenuous. Uh, a little bit of Air Force One, actually, where, you know, the cables go in, and oh my god, it snaps! <laughs> and then there's this cool moment, and a really cool... There's a shot uh, with Zeb holding onto it with uh, Ezra on his back facing the ship. And it was one of those things where I was watching him like, this is, this was concept art for this episode. You can just, you could feel it. It was just that perfectly composed shot. And it was just really cool to watch Ezra on the back of Zeb kind of swinging around. Very similar to uh, a couple episodes back where Ezra was on top of Sabine and fighting. Uh, so he seems to be getting a lot of practice with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, but you know, they, they, they do manage to escape. They now, climb well, back up to the ship. And then they uh, hop on just in time, and they detach the other cable right before the ghost, or right before the the ship kind of disappears into the clouds, effectively, you know, plummeting, uh, plummeting to, to its, its final fate. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, I'm sure they could come back, you know, tomorrow, and maybe it'd be okay. Yeah, but you never know. Yeah, but uh, uh, the episode ends with. Uh, with Hondo kind of, kind of learning a lesson in some ways. I don't know. Were Tom, were you expecting to see Melch in the treasure when, when uh, Hondo and as more as Morgan open it? Um, I'm going to put it this way. You would have expected a twist at the end. And I would have expected that to be the case that they really walk away with nothing. The way they kept pressing, oh, the treasure, the treasure, we've got to get the treasure, we're going to fight for this, I want this, I want this. You would expect to them to walk away with nothing when this was over. So I thought that was a really good payoff. Oh, I'm sorry, they did walk away with something. They walked away with Melch. Yeah, so, the cor- Tom, yeah. Most, he, let's be real. Friendship is the real treasure. Yes. And so or, so, or so uh, Hondo he claims. Did, he never leave him behind. He's no. like family, even though he literally left him behind. Left but then behind. he happened to be there. Yep. <laughs> you know Very how it funny. is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I kind of I did enjoy how as Morgan, of course, right before they open the box, claims that he gets since that's the only treasure they recovered, he gets fifty percent of whatever's inside. And of course, when uh, when Melch jumps out, he's like, "Aha! I get fifty percent of Melch, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> Poor Melch. To start, I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've got to feel bad for Melch being owned by Hondo and as Morgan. That's not the best fate. That's no, no. That's not at all. Sure. So, uh, so that's uh, that's that's the episode. What, uh, you guys ready for your final thoughts? I am. Yeah, let's do it. Yep, I am. Um, you know what, Dave? Do you want to go first? Well, sure, sure. I'm gonna do something a little bit different. Okay. Um, I'm going to say oh. I'm going to give um, the uh, my overall thoughts as um, is, is this the Womp Rats talk? Yes. This oh, yeah. yeah. OK. OK. Because I love this part of the show. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give nine out of ten Womp Rats that are behind a keyboard somewhere 
and Lucasfilm or Disney Studios making this amazing production happen. Because especially the last two episodes, these are, if you really think of it in a lot of ways, these are like, they're Disney shows. But if you just look at everything that goes into them, the scenes and the intricacies of the canon and uh, the the production of the... um, uh, just little things like the flashlight on the wall when Zeb was walking through mm-hmm. or, you know, to go back to lap, last episode, the um, uh, ship coming out of the cloud of, of in, in space after the explosion. Like these are fantastic Star Wars scenes going on and fantastic production. So I have to give nine out of ten Womp Rats to those guys who are making this happen. And thank you for those people. OK, so oh, what are you going to do great. with your Womp Rats? You have nine Womp Rats. That's what they're doing. No, they're, they're, they're that, making, that, that is what they're Oh, doing. I'm sorry. It's, oh, they're, they're making happy. the show. Oh. They're making the show. Okay. Yeah. That's why a little bit different. <laughs> okay. Wait, they, are you saying that Lucasfilm employees are Womp Rats? Okay. Hang on. Wait, wait, wait. So let's be clear. Nice the, opinions, horrible. the opinions of David Beale do not represent the opinions of the Iron Cannon <laughs> oh, podcast or cannot be held legally culpable for... Bible or I don't even know what. Apparently, we are great at twisting something that's very nice into something that's very evil. <laughs> right. I was trying to give evil? a compliment to these guys, and it's, <laughs> you know, all right, yeah, well, fair uh, enough. Funny enough. Oh, that's good. Um, that's actually very good. I think that's a, that's the first time something like that has ever happened to a womp rat. You're so nice to them. <laughs> they lived. Okay, yay! All right, who wants Before? to go next? Maybe. No. Oh. Who, who's next? Tom, why don't you go? Okay. Yeah. I, I had a feeling that was coming. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I I'm gonna. Ah, wow. I was I, I thought about this and I was gonna give the episode a seven, okay, but I'm gonna have to bump it up a bit because I really. I, I'm gonna bump it up a bit. I'm gonna give it an eight because I think a lot of it, even though Hondo has become a one-trick pony, for me. It has to be Jim Cummings. It has to be his writing. And it's the thing that, yes, this was a solid episode. This was a definite, 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 definite Star Wars episode. But I think what made this episode was Hondo for me. And I am going to give it an 8 out of 10 Womp Rats. Uh, And I'm going to take my 8 Womp Rats. And, you know, the treasure that really Hondo and as Morgan were looking for were these 8 Womp Rats. Because, Ooh. yeah, I'm going to be nice, too, because I think this is the best thing. It's these eight Womp Rats, because they're like family to the two of them. So they had to make sure they went to each the the right eight crates, because they're each in their own separate crate, and make sure they had air holes to breathe and then take them back. So there you go. Thought it'd be nice, but still, they got to make sure they breathe so they can take them home. Now, I did a little I wanna, twist I on that. Point that, out that David ahead. was the evil one, <laughs> but yet Tom said they are trying to bring him home. But guess what? They never made it, and so now they're somewhere in this uh, toilet bowl planet. So I'm just going to go point out that David is the evil one, but Tom sent him to their death. You know, <laughs> he, Tom literally flushed them down a toilet. <laughs> Commodia. <laughs> Good one. Seems fair. That seems very fair. What a okay. crappy fate. Oh. Um, <clears throat> moving on. William, how about uh, you go Steven. next? <laughs> okay. You're yeah, the, no, you're the one that brought uh, up the toilet bowl humor. You're going next. Uh, to be no, no, I can go next. Okay. okay. So I think for me, I'm... Uh, so I guess I'll start. I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. 
Um, it, it was one of those things where I, was, I watched the episode, I just... Hondo, as Morgan, doesn't really do anything for me as a character. Agreed. Um, like William said at the beginning, I, I'm actually kind of more... I don't actually like the scenes he's in. Hondo is a one-trick pony, but I enjoy the one trick he does, mm-hmm. even if I'm growing kind of tired of the one trick. As Morgan, I don't find funny at all. So that was kind of how I was approaching it. Decent episode, it's just... I, I really want to see something different for Hondo going forward. Um, either some character development or at least a, a different type of episode that he's in. Um, but with my 6 out of 10 Womp Rats. Uh, so they got something a little bit off in the episode, actually. Because they are not, in fact, droids. The Dark Troopers, or the whatever, Sentry Droids, are actually Womp Rats inside... Like, you know, there's one on each of the red eyes, and they're controlling the droids that they're hunting throughout the ship. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do with my Womp Rats. And, of course, when the ship goes down, they all died horribly. So, you know, <laughs> it all it all evens out, I guess. It's okay. funny, because that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, really? Or something similar with the, yeah, dark, uh, dark troopers controlled by Womp Rats. Um, but, no, uh, in fact, they're not controlled by Womp Rats, or are they? Uh, instead, well, I'll make you wait because first i'm gonna tell you my rating yes uh, I, I you know i think i'm gonna i'm gonna make this a, a nice uh a nice step function here and i'm gonna go with a seven out of ten uh so we have six seven eight uh six seven eight nine um i enjoy i love i love hondo i'm just gonna put it out there i love hondo could they do more with this character sure but i, I love hondo it's morgan not so much um and, uh, you know, it was a fun episode. It was, you know, fairly self-contained, not too, um, it doesn't really impact that much, but it was still a, a kind of a fun outing. Uh, but I thought as we did, there's some great moments, like the lightsaber cutting through the door. I love the inclusion of the death troopers, some great stuff. But overall, I thought it was, um, you know, kind of so-so, especially compared to other episodes we've gotten this season. So I'm gonna give it seven out of 10. And um, uh, my seven Womp Rats are actually running through the darkness, through the dark ship, uh, and attacking um, all of the uh, uh, anyone who might try to, to enter. So Melt was actually just running away from the seven Womp Rats when he jumped on top of uh, on top of Hondo, and so he thought Hondo was a Womp Rat, which is why he was he was punching <laughs> him. But it's actually the the Womp Rat face that you see right before the commercial break. So fun fact. Okay. Okay, I I thought of something here. I'm going to throw out. Let's just let, let's just figure out Hondo for a second. Okay, so let me throw this out there. We've we've basically kind of said that he's becoming a one trick pony. So if you're looking at it on the big picture, what do you think would happen if let's say Thrawn figures out that there is a certain oh Wombrat? pirate? Oh, sorry, pirate. No. That Thrawn figures out that there's a certain pirate that kind of helps him every once in a while. And kind of maybe is possibly manipulating or using Hondo against the Rebels to learn. Totally a Thrawn thing to do. I was thinking that as a possibility. That Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see that be the case. Because, again love the character and and after this episode you know i think what kind of worked for me is because he was able to work off you know as morgan and have those one-liners and 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 it's great 
but it is getting to a point to where it's like every time he shows up it's more of like a teaching lesson for Ezra and I was sitting there looking at it going it would be interesting if somehow somehow he gets played into the Thrawn aspect of the storyline well that gives that again we were talking about that character we wanted something more and I'm not talking about the character development I think being the history of the character always right but something more that we care about the character so say he gives up his friends for greed and whatnot, but then that character was redeemed later on because this whole uh, franchise is about redemption in a lot of ways. Uh So that character gets redeemed later because he realizes he made a mistake in a lot of ways and like what Lando did. Uh So then again, that that makes you love the character more because it's a flawed character. Uh But I think, I think in this respect, I can't, I can't, I, I think in this respect, I don't think when it comes to Thrawn, something like this, I don't think a character will be able to be redeemed in Thrawn's eye. Thrawn would basically use the character, use the character up, and then that's it. So, yeah. yeah. Just thought thought I'd throw that out there. Because it kind of leads into the next episode called Rebel Season 3, Episode 10, and Inside Man. Seeking information on a new Imperial weapon, Ezra and Kanan infiltrate the Imperial facility on Lothal, but they must trust an unlikely ally to escape the lockdown of the building. Interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. What do you guys think this new Imperial weapon could be, David? Any, any, any thoughts? I don't know. I'm the same guy that was trying to figure out why um, they were on Lothal from the get-go, and I thought it had something to do with Yoda, so... Um, it, I, I feel like it might have something to do with the dark side. And then again, that's where Yoda came into play earlier in this um, series. So um, that's just my general speculation. Yeah, I, uh, I it should be a fun episode. That's for sure. Yep. I don't think we're going to see necessarily that big breakdown, but I, that's what I thought originally with Lothal. Also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, wa- I wonder if like information on a new Imperial weapon, I wonder if it could be like Death Star related. That would be my guess. We're getting Rogue pretty... One tie in. Yeah, that Rogue could One tie in. We're getting pretty close. Could be. So I would not be surprised. I guess I guess we'll see. But I'm uh, I'm excited. This should be a great episode. I mean, any episode with with Thrawn is is amazing. OK, well, wait a minute. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Nothing in that synopsis says Thrawn. They released the clip that has Oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's a clip of the episode that shows Thrawn. Okay. For for all of you who are listening to this episode, yes, I did a faux pas. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, you're right. It does seem out of context. I should have have clarified that there was a clip. Okay. Um, Like, how did you know there was Thrawn? Well, put it this way. I didn't see the clip. I was only surmising that was going to be the case. To be fair, Tom, <laughs> I never watched the clips either. So. Okay, thank you. I'm your team. It's not just Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, it, it should be a fun episode. So Definitely. Yep. So David, thank you again for thank joining us. Much, Did you have anything you wanted to plug or talk about or Oh no, just that I have my uh Rogue One tickets ready to go. I'm, I, and guys, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I, I love being a part of uh, y'all's thing that you're doing here. Of course, Anytime. thanks for joining us. 
Anytime. And that's actually right. That's the one thing we did not mention. Rogue One tickets went on sale um, <clears throat> just a few days ago as we're recording this. So hopefully everybody has theirs. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, Steven, you and I are going to go see it uh, yeah. together opening night, which is going to be or uh, the, the, the night before uh, you know, the, the first showing. 7 o'clock um, or 10? Yeah, for sure. Uh, 7 o'clock. 7 yeah. o'clock because I have a 8 a.m. flight the next morning. Ouch. <laughs> well, I, wish I have I to be at work at 7.30 the next morning, but I only could get the second showing, but I'm not going to do the <laughs> next day. I'm not going to – I'm a teacher, and I'm not going to go through a whole day of middle schoolers not spoiling it for me. So <laughs> Yeah, that <laughs> would not happen. I tried so hard to get the first showing of episode seven, and I was uh, going through the uh, line to get in the second showing. And of course, I had some jerk that's like, "Oh, Han died," and oh yeah, I hope oh, there's no spoilers uh, here. But uh, um, <laughs> but I was like, "What a jerk!" And uh, I mean, I knew somebody was gonna die, but you know, so that's why I'm like, this time I'm gonna go with like earplugs or like music on, <laughs> and just be like, nobody say anything. I just want to go in and watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be the worst. I'm yeah, so looking forward to it as well. It's yeah. gonna be great. It's yep. be great. Love, love it. Can't wait for Rogue One. So, and we will probably have a review of that too at some point, won't we? Oh yeah, when we got a review of Catalyst coming up and a review of Rogue One. But first, next week we have a review of An Inside Man. So stay tuned. Just a few days away. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on this show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2016.